Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 14. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Uh, There's a scripture I think of as we open It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. I have it for you on the screen. And if you don't mind, saints, I want you guys to read it. Read it like you mean it. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 20. Let's read it together. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Listen, I want to take that verse, and I want to look at it in two halves, if you will. The first half, all the promises of God in him are yes. Got a pen? In the Greek language, this word yes means yes. Write that down. That's deep. Yes means yes. And then the second half of that verse, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. The word amen in the Greek language, is a very strong affirmation, a formal, solemn, earnest, I agree, or I affirm what you just said. This is true. It's a very earnest yes. You can write that down, a very earnest yes. Amen and yes mean the same thing. So in the Greek, this verse would read, all the promises of God find their yes in him, and that is why we utter yes through him. Did y'all get that? All the promises of God find their yes in him, and that is why we utter amen through him. All the promises of God are for the good of his people. Somebody say amen. All who come to God. God confirms his promises and secures his promises and purchases promises for all who believe. Think about this. Every person who comes to Christ finds God coming to him in Christ with all of his promises. Listen. Every person who comes to Christ finds God coming to him in Christ with all of his promises. When a sinner meets a holy God in Christ, what he hears is yes. Do you love me? Yes. Will you forgive me? Yes. Will you accept me? Yes. Will you help me change? Yes. Will you give me power to serve you? Yes. Will you keep me? Yes. Will you show me your glory? Yes. All the promises of God, are you listening? All the blessings of God, are you listening? Are yes 
in Christ Jesus. Jesus is God's decisive yes to all who believe. It was the Prince of Preachers, you know I love him, C.H. Spurgeon, who said this about this verse. He said, our thanks are due to God for all temporal blessings. They are more than we deserve. But our thanks ought to go to God in thunders of hallelujahs for spiritual blessings. A new heart is better than a new coat. Amen. To feed on Christ is better than to have the best earthly food. To be an heir of God is better than being the heir of the greatest nobleman. To have God for our possession is blessed, infinitely more blessed than to own broad acres of land. God has blessed us with spiritual blessings. These are the rarest, the richest, the most enduring of all blessings. They are priceless in value. Don't you love that? All of God's promises. And don't you remember? Look at me. I told you, all of God's promises, all 7,847 promises in the Bible are yes and amen to the believer, to the glory of God. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? The promises of God, listen, are not yes and then no. Huh? The promises of God are not I don't know or maybe so. The promises of God are yes, and in him, amen. Are you glad about it? If you've been with us, you know we've been talking about the promises of God. We've, I've given you over the last several weeks five supernatural promises or blessings that Jesus gave to his disciples. Here's where you need a pen. Here's where you need to write them down if you don't already have them written down. We've been talking about these over the last several weeks. Five supernatural promises or blessings that Jesus gave to his disciples. Number one, he promises a supernatural helper. Have y'all been with me over the last several weeks? Say amen. And you know, he promised a supernatural helper. Actually, that should be verse 16 and 17. Secondly, he promises a supernatural life in verse 18 and 19. Thirdly, he promises a supernatural union in verses 20 through 24. Fourthly, he promises a supernatural teacher in verse 25 and 26. And then number five, finally, he promises a supernatural peace, a supernatural helper, a supernatural life, a supernatural union, a supernatural teacher, a supernatural peace. So far, we've looked at two of them. Have you been with me? Jesus promised a supernatural helper, in a supernatural life. This week, I hope to cover two more. Supernatural union, supernatural teacher. I hope to cover two more. We'll see how that goes. And then we'll cover a supernatural piece the next time we're together. Supernatural helper, look at verse 16. John chapter 14, look at verse 16. Jesus said, I'll pray, little review. I'll pray the Father, and he's going to give you, what does it say, saints? Uh, y'all reading the same Bible I am. Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you what, saints? Another helper that he may abide with you for a short period of time. Forever. In the Greek language, have you been with me? I told you there are two Greek words for another, yes? One is hetros, which means what? Come on, just yell it. It means what? Another of a different kind, very good. And the other is what? Alos, good learners, which means 
another of the same kind, class, and caliber. Jesus was saying, as I was with you, now I'm sending the Holy Spirit to be with you. And everything I was to you, the Holy Spirit will be to you. Jesus had been their helper. The Holy Spirit will be their helper. Jesus was their teacher. The Holy Spirit will be their teacher. He was their comforter. Jesus was there to pray with them and heal them and help them and teach them. The helper will be of the same kind. He will be the exact essence of myself. And then the second point we talked about, Jesus promised a supernatural life. Look at verse 18. Jesus said, if you're looking at verse 18, say, I'm looking at it. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you orphanos. That's the Greek word, orphanos, or orphans. I'll not leave you hopeless. I'm not going to leave you helpless, Jesus said. I'm not going to leave you undefended without someone to care for you. I will personally come to you. I'm not going to leave you orphans. And keep in mind, look at me. Their hearts are troubled. Don't you remember from chapter 1 or chapter 14, verse 1? Jesus said, let not your hearts be terrazzo troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Their hearts were troubled because Jesus was talking about leaving them in a world that hated him and a world that hated them and they're confused and they don't understand if Jesus is the Messiah, then why is he leaving? And if he leaves, listen, they don't know where their help's coming from. I praise the Lord. I know where my help's coming from. Jesus is my help. The Bible says... Christian, our help doesn't come from the east or what? The west. Our help comes from where? The Lord who made heaven and earth. They didn't know where their help was coming from. And Jesus says, listen, don't worry. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Terrazzo is the Greek word. Don't let your hearts be troubled. In verse 16, he says, I'm leaving. And I'm requesting the Father to send you another of the same kind that he will be with you forever. And when he comes, he's going to be everything to you that I was to you. Can I encourage you? Stop by the bookstore on your way out today. If they don't have any available, then order the last two teachings. I don't want you to miss this. This is very interesting how uh, the Holy Spirit has kind of taken me this way because I honestly didn't start off doing this verse by verse and this comforter, part one, part two, part three. I didn't start off that way. The Holy Spirit just got me down that path. But, but I want you to pick them up because I think they're important. As we talked about the first time, a supernatural helper, and then we talked about um, um, a supernatural life. And today we're going to talk about the sermon title, the comforter, part what, saints? Three, we're going to talk about a supernatural union, a supernatural teacher. But I want you to pick up the CDs, if you will. Really important stuff. I hope y'all learning something. Because I, I certainly am just blown away at all that God is um, showing me and teaching all of us. We're growing together, amen? None of us are, we, none of us arrived. We're just all trying to see Jesus together. John chapter 14. We're going to pick up in verse 15. If you're looking at verse 15, I want you to say a hearty Amen. <laughs> If you love me, Jesus says, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells. Somebody read it with me with you and will be in you. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'll come to you. 
A little while longer in the world will see me no more, Jesus says, but you will see me because I live. You're going to live also. And that day, underline those three words, at that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And Judas, don't get it twisted, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. These things, in verse 25, I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, that's his name, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance, somebody read this with me, all things that I said to you, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Last time uh, we were together, we looked at verse 15, and, and, and we talked about who, who, who the promises are for. And I think that every time that we gather together and we're talking about this topic of the comforter, I want to point this out of who these promises are for. Uh, look at verse 15. Verse 15 tells us, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you got a pen, you write this down. The promises and the blessings are for those who love Jesus. Have y'all noticed something? I don't know if you picked this up over the last several days or last several weeks, but have you noticed Jesus has said the same thing four times in 10 verses? The same thing four times in 10 verses. Look at verse 15. Jesus said in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Look at verse 21. Jesus said, he who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. Look at verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word or my commandments. Look at verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my commandment. You think Jesus is trying to make a point? If you love Jesus, then you keep his commandments. Now listen, saints, when you read the Bible, what Jesus didn't say is just as important as what he did say. Jesus didn't say, if you keep my commandments, then you love me. Listen. He did not say, if you keep my commandments, then you love me. If you keep my commandments, then you love me means love produces obedience, doesn't it? That means love produces obedience or love flows out of obedience. And we know that's not true. Think about this. If I got a speeding ticket and I never have because I'm a godly person (laughs) 
But the Bible said thou shalt not lie too, don't it? Especially in the puppet. And uh, but let's just pretend I got a speeding ticket for driving 20, 20 miles over the speed limit. Listen. I won't in the future drive 20 miles over the speed limit anymore, not because I love the officer. I don't even like him. And not because I love the officer. I won't speed because of the law. My obedience to the law does not come from a place of love. My obedience to the law comes from a place of poverty. Let the church say amen. I don't want to pay the ticket. I'm poor. Y'all know what poor is, right? That means you're so poor you can't even afford the other OR. You just poor. You poor. You bro. You, that's right. That's right. You, you so broke you can't even afford the, the KEN. You just bro. I'm poor. So my, my, my obedience comes from the place that I don't want to pay the ticket. Listen, obedience does not, I repeat, does not produce love. Love produces obedience. And Jesus said, I want your obedience because you love me. Somebody say amen. I want your obedience because you love me. Verse 15, if you love me, then you'll keep my commandments. Listen quick. It is possible to obey Jesus and not love him but it is impossible to love him and not obey him. It's possible to obey Jesus and not love him, but it's impossible to love him and not obey him. Jesus is talking to all those who love him. All believers of Jesus Christ who are marked out by their obedience will receive the promised blessings that we've been talking about. And we've talked about two of them so far. As I mentioned, God promises supernatural helper and God promises supernatural life. And now we come to point number three, God promises a supernatural union. I want you to look at verse 20 again in chapter 14. Look at verse 20. Jesus said, at that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you at that day. Now, listen, at this point, they don't understand. The disciples don't understand. Their minds can't conceive it. Jesus says, at that day, you will know at that day. Listen, at that day. What day? What day? Well, I believe that Jesus is talking about, and you can write this in your margins, I believe Jesus is talking about the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost, the day the Holy Spirit comes. Oh, you remember the day the Holy Spirit fell on the church and the people were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with tongues. It was that day that the Spirit began to teach them all things. At that day, just as suddenly as they received the Spirit, they suddenly began to understand their relationship between God and Christ and the church. Don't you remember Acts chapter 2? It was that day that the Spirit of God fell, remember? And bumbling Peter stood up. Peter, who had foot and mouth disease. Peter, who was always, who always said the wrong thing at the right time. Peter, who denied the Lord. Peter, who couldn't swing a sword. Peter, always hitting his head against the proverbial wall. It was that day that Peter stood up. Don't y'all know your Bibles? It was that day that Peter stood up and he became super theologian. 
as he preached an awesome sermon and clearly pointing out who Christ is and who the Father is and exactly why Jesus had come to die for our sins. It was that day after the filling of the Holy Spirit that they understood. Jesus said, at that day, you're going to know. Listen, I was preparing this sermon a couple of weeks ago, actually, getting to this, you know, supernatural union, supernatural life, supernatural helper, so on and so forth. And as I was praying and, and preparing this sermon, I thought to myself, do you realize, listen, stay with me, do you realize that every born-again, blood-bought, Holy Spirit-filled Christian has an at-that-day-you're-going-to-know moment? Every single Christian. If you are a Christian and you are saved, and you have given your life to Jesus Christ, y'all listening? You have had an at that day, you're going to know moment. What you talking about, Willis? Listen, some of us, before you were a Christian, I might say many of us, were involved in all kinds of things. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Amen. All kinds, Satanism. We're involved in all kinds of things. Maybe you were like me, doing drugs. You know, you guys know my story. I started doing drugs when I was nine years old. My father was a drug dealer. I was just talking to a brother uh, after second service who is from Philadelphia, knows my neighborhood, knows all the streets. You ever meet somebody like that? Y'all know, you go, hey, yeah, all kinds of happening. Yeah, man, all kinds of happening. Yeah, you know, Philly Chiefs, they can't be caught on here. You know, you meet somebody like that. That was me after second service. I'm talking to this guy, and... um, he was telling me, you know, about the neighborhood, and I was saying, yeah, my father lived in that neighborhood, and back then, my father was a drug dealer, and that was a nice neighborhood. He had a really nice house. Now, it's not so nice, but he had a really nice house, and, you know, um, it was just an, an, a nice area back in those days, and, 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 and I started doing drugs when I was nine years old. Uh, you know that story, and... Um, and, and what made it worse is that I never really paid for drugs because I didn't have to pay for them. So I always started doing drugs, and, 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 I, and I have that background. Maybe some of you have that background. I went to Catholic school all of my life. I went to Bible study. I went to church pretty much every day. When you're in Catholic school, you go to Mass. You go to church every day. You go and confess your sins to the priest every single day. But listen, it wasn't until that day that the Holy Spirit opened my eyes. It was that day when I became a Christian that I understood who Jesus was. Every single believer has an at that day, that moment that you will know. That's the time when God saves you. That's the time when I call it your personal Pentecost. Write that down. I call it your everybody has their personal Pentecost. Am I right about it? Your personal Pentecost, where the Spirit of God comes down and, and, and sets you free. January 23rd, 1982 was the last time Pastor Rodney did drugs. That was 31 years ago. And I talked to people today, and they said, you mean you didn't go to uh, AA? Uh, no. You didn't go to NA? Nope. You ain't go to AAA? <laughs> nope. I ain't been to no A. I'm working here, people. Because God set me free. Right? 
and, and to the and to whom the sun sets free, come on, saints, help me. To whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That day, the Holy Spirit fell on me, and suddenly, I saw the grass. I told you I never saw grass before. Not like that. It was green. Not like that. The sky was blue. I never saw a blue sky. Not like that. And the birds were chirping. I'm sure birds chirped all the time. I never heard them. Not like that. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.